Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 57 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. This is me Neha Shetty and I'm so glad to have you all listening in. Owing to a very busy academic schedule and the drawn first test, I thought it would be best to give you all a comprehensive episode. Now this comprises an analysis of the first and the second test in an all-in-one package. When their backs are against the wall, this Indian team always finds a way to go forward. So this again happened on 16th August 2021. The venue was lords this time. The script was another remarkable Indian turnaround. The heroes almost every one in the team, but especially the fast bowlers, but this time with the bat and the ball. The result got us another famous Indian test win away from home. This episode is a review of the first and the second test match featuring England and India. We got to see two high octane matches except for the first test that was poised so well for an Indian victory, but rain played spoils sport and ensured we had a draw. But the unbelievable match at Lords quite made up for the draw and what an emphatic win registered by team India. We got to witness an enthralling contest and India go 1-0 up in this five match series. We will be discussing the major pointers from the first two tests that have happened with the match summaries of test 1 and test 2 Rohit Sharma and KL Rahul at the top of the order Pujara and Rahane's form the criticism directed at Kohli the impressive bowling especially the pace department of India India's tail problems for England Joe Root's majestic form and a lot more in this packed episode Let's kick start our discussion with the match summaries. In the first test match, England won the toss and decided to bat first. Jasprit Bumrah and Mohammad Shami, the two senior bowlers in the absence of Ishan Sharma and Ashwin, took 7 wickets between them as England was bundled out for a paltry 183. The English batting fell like a pack of cards as Joe Root was the only positive scoring 64. Besides the duo of Bumrah and Shami, Siraj and Shardul Thakur too, with their one wicket and two wickets each respectively, were effective in keeping the English at bay. India was into bat and was all out for 278. KL Rahul was one of the major positives here again, scoring a well-curated 84 of 214 as India's middle order crisis continued to bite them and lower order contributions ensured that India was in a good position. but Jimmy Anderson and Ollie Robinson's superior spells were just simply outstanding. England in their second innings displayed class as they were bolstered yet again by a brilliant 109 by Joe Root. As the rest of the batting was dismal and India's bowling yet again was impressive. We had Bumrah pick a 5 wicket haul and he was well supported by Siraj, Shami and Shardul Thakur. India finished with 52 for 1 in their second innings needing a further 157 runs to reach a victory in a target of 209 and this was promised to be a very good chasing total and this was tough batting conditions Rohit Sharma and Cheteshwar Pujara were both 12 not out but persistent early morning rain prevented play and both India and England would think about you know what the result could have been had the weather been just a little more kinder to the teams as both the teams had this chance to take that 1-0 lead you know it gives that edge as well but the match was declared drawn much to the disappointment of the fan let alone the players let's talk about the second test summary 
Now this test match was yet again poised to be an exciting encounter as winning the toss yet again England chose to bowl first. India batting first put up a dominant 364 on the board as KL Rahul again shone with the bat. He scored 129 and he was ably supported by batting contributions and this is from Rohit Sharma who scored 83. Kohli also got a very valuable 42 and with Pant and Jadeja also chipping in we were well on course to assert our dominance. in the match anderson was yet again effective scalping five wickets and robinson and wood were also handy england in retaliation scored 391 as joe root stole the show with that mind blowing 180 of 321 balls and with some contributions from burns and odd scores from butler and moin ali this ensured that england had actually piled on india's agony Siraj was the pick of the bowlers as he scalped four wickets while Ishant and Shami looked solid with their bowling returns. India in their second essay scored 298 and became the first team to declare in the third innings in what was a very strategic move for 295 for 8 where in spite of losing early wickets and with you know Pujara and Rahane also putting up a commendable batting performance this was solidified you know by that unbelievable partnership also later on that came in the form of Shami and Bumrah right where they each scored respectively like 56 and 34 now this ensured India was in a command position and with 10 wickets we could easily seal this match england was now set 272 to win in a minimum of 60 overs on the last day they obviously seemed low on confidence their body language was completely off and they were dismissed for a paltry 120 they showed no resilience at all as india ripped through their batting with only joe root and josh butler showing some conviction as the rest of the batting was team rolled in what was a delightful indian win Now Siraj emerged as the star. He picked four crucial wickets. Bumrah picked three wickets. Ishan Sharma with two. They sealed the deal for India. Now this was a memorable win at the home of cricket lords, right? And the victory did give India a one-nil lead in the five-match series. After this is just their third win in 19 tests, followed by that draw at Trent Bridge. This win was certainly a very crucial one. Let's center our discussion on Rohit Sharma and KL Rahul. Now Rohit Sharma and KL Rahul is a new opening pair and right at the top of the order they have been really good. I think it also becomes important to see here that you know if the opening partnership becomes consistently strong like growing from strength to strength you will never have to look back and put into bat under testing conditions in both the test side right? and this is right at the top of the order we know how the english conditions are the indian openers kind of shed their ego they curbed their natural attacking instincts they defended doggedly you know in both the tests and in a tantalizing first hour of play in both the tests we could see how the duo of you know rohit sharma and rahul they trusted their technique their temperament and this is to tackle the likes of players like james anderson and ollie robinson who have been phenomenal and their new ball spell has often caused trouble for the indian batsmen and it has been really positive to see them bat with intent Even when you noticed their batting there was no unwarranted trigger movement or fancy footwork they were just sticking to the basics keeping the head still and watching the ball carefully and playing it late allowing the ball to come to them and i think what has worked wonderfully for both of them is how well they have left deliveries outside the off stump 
they judged the ball on its merit and we know it moves both the ways right but they were very tactful dealing with it after settling down rohit sharma who has often been under pressure for you know not being uh, able to quite convert his starts into those big scores but he still was there you know consistently batting it out and kl rahul too on the other hand he dug deep he played each ball on its merit together they they have forged a wonderful chemistry as you know india did bring up their first 100 run opening partnership in overseas tests and this is since december 2010 i mean if you recollect we had sevag and gambhir who did score that 137 versus uh, south africa if i'm not wrong it's in centurion now it took 11 years to get that 100 run opening partnership in overseas conditions let's call them sena tests for india some of the other records they also managed to break were they managed to forge the best opening standard lords in the last 47 years they also managed to forge the best partnership in england in the last 14 years best opening partnership in sena countries in the last 10 years and best overseas partnership in the last 4 years so with this partnership going very well it has to be seen in the coming tests how they wonderfully work together pujara and rahane's form Now, when we focus on India's middle order, right? Since 2020, uh, when we talk about batters from number three to number five, the average isn't a very pretty picture. It's just 27.44 in 13 tests, and this is with just one century. Now, this is the second worst average globally, only behind West Indies is 27.06 in 13 tests. India's middle order does comprise your big wigs you have Cheteshwar Pujara you have Virat Kohli you have Ajinkya Rahane and so far in 2021 Pujara has just made 389 runs at nearly an average of 28 Kohli has just got 271 at 27 and Rahane has got 261 runs under his belt at less than 20 now neither of these three has you know got a half century so far in the first two tests of the England series and there hasn't been a you know this solitary that solid partnership of 50 run stand that involves the two of these three in the middle order batting since the start of 2020 which is very concerning i mean while we are talking about the three of the best batters in modern day cricket this includes kohli right who's a bonafide great it goes without saying and no one will disagree that you know their struggles are actually uh, starting to become a concern for india because as soon as the openers get out and the middle order can't quite you know get going it puts pressure on the lower middle order and asks for your tail to actually start batting which is not a very good thing and i think more than the lack of runs it is the repetitive mistakes right that each of them is committing which will bother ravi shastri when he has a look back at it and most importantly even the batting coach right vikram rathor so uh, we'll talk about kohli in the next point coming to the second test uh, rahane and pujara were batting at the crease and they did begin um, day 4 with a 27 run lead and after 23.1 overs england had the three wickets they wanted kl rahul rohit sharma and virat kohli now pujara and rahane came together at the crease then india score read at that point 55 for 3 but effectively it was 28 for 3 the pressure was well and truly on from having a near perfect day one at the end of which a defeat i think seemed improbable india had kind of seen their advantage slip away gradually but pujara and rahane are some of your most you know trustworthy players and they have delivered right under very pressurizing situations too 
and fortunately we got to see a timely return to form a timely for themselves and timely for the team as well the duo batted together for about a session and a half it was so grueling 49.3 overs to be precise and they added 100 runs precious runs right and in the process they kept india's hope this was of at least avoiding defeat and to keep us alive in the match As is often with most of Pujara's knocks, there is much more to his 45 of 206 than what meets the eye. Rahane, meanwhile, was the more aggressive of the two in that partnership. Rahane, like Pujara, was in no rush, but he seemed to rotate the strike better. He rode his luck, and he was dropped by Johnny Bairstow on 31, but he let that slide. And that's the case with almost every good Rahane knock, and there was a flow to it eventually. he finished with 61 of 146 and his dismissal came at this very unfortunate moment but india at that stage did lead at one uh, by 140 runs and they found themselves in a respectable position i think india will be pleased with the confidence that has been gained by two of their most senior batsmen and they will be looking to carry forward that through the series let's talk about the criticism directed at kohli now skipper kohli has been impeccable his strategies tactics backing the players has been immense and he has really augured well for the team but it is his batting that has become you know slightly concerning a look back at the world test championship final you know virat kohli was again seen pushing at a length ball and this is from kyle jamieson that was moving away from the fourth stump and thereby offered a simple catch to the slips again at trent bridge too anderson pitched the exact same delivery which kohli once again got sucked into playing and walked back with a golden duck on the very first ball of the series for him These were the kind of deliveries Kohli had successfully left aside against Anderson and company on India's 2018 tour to England where he did emerge as one of the best batters in fact he was the best batter on both sides Kohli has been restless to score runs and it is quite visible but with this vulnerable defensive technique on the off stump it is becoming a matter of concern When you have a look at Kohli's technique right his front foot the left one especially is now straighter and it points exactly towards the bowler which is affecting his balance and his head is you know consequently falling sideways with his right hip and shoulder opening up in the process previously that same front toe would move towards mid off and cover that allows him to get a better stride towards the ball as well as leaning into the stroke with the right balance the inconsistency and weak form of i think the three senior batters has come to haunt india in the series but i think it has allowed england to stay in the game and kohli besides rahane and pujara would be looking to make the most of the remaining three tests and finally silence their critics let's now talk about the impressive bowling this is especially the pace department now jaspreet bumrah has taken 12 wickets at 18.5 siraj has taken 11 wickets at 23.4 shami 7 wickets at 29.7 ishan sharma and shardul thakur have respectively taken 5 and 4 wickets and this is in the one solitary test that they have played so far now these are impressive numbers india has made you know bowling out their opposition a habit 
they aim to take 20 wickets in every match they play and more often than not i mean this is in the recent past they have actually succeeded the johannesburg test in 2018 i think this was between india and south africa this was i think the first instance of indian pacers taking all 20 wickets in a test but since then, the pace attack has very rarely been denied. And even in the recently concluded Lord's Test, England's attack looked rather toothless in the third innings of the match. Then, in virtually unchanged conditions, the Indian attack gave us reminders of its class. Bumrah, Shami, Siraj, Ishan, they were at the batsmen all the time. The openers were gone for a duck and none of the English batsmen were even comfortable. Their batting has been fragile, the over-dependence on Joe Root was obviously showing and they were finally bowled out in 51.5 overs. There was swing, there was movement of the wicket and the short ball was effectively used as well. More importantly, there was an intelligence that far outweighed anything else. The England bowlers, following the dispute between Bumrah and Anderson, went looking for revenge. India was angry too, but they simply channelized that aggression and they went looking for a win and perhaps that was the best revenge of all. As Siraj clean bowled Anderson to spark off the victory celebrations, thousands in India would have taken up the ball and not just the bat. Now, this is the kind of performance that would launch a thousand dreams. But most importantly, I think it was the kind of performance that we have become very much used to under Kohli's captaincy. It is the consistency that allows for a change in thinking, not a random flash in the pan anymore, but it shows that consistent progress that we as a team have taken over a lengthy period of time. And this convinces everyone watching that, you know, our pace bowlers have actually stepped up for good. That Indian pace bowlers can cut it in with the best in the business and not just reflected in ICC rankings, right? But that we are actually a force to reckon with. It goes without saying that being a fast bowler is tough work. You need to run in all day and this is in very tough conditions. You have to bowl hundreds of balls, hoping to get at least a few wickets. But for India to bring its long-cherished dream of winning away from home has come to fruition and they desperately needed those fast bowlers. Not one, not two, but now we have a whole pack and as long as they last, they've got what we actually wanted. The away wins show that this was, I think, one missing piece in that puzzle and more importantly, it forever removes this thought that, you know, Indians can't bowl fast or that we don't have a very good pace department. In many ways, this is truly India's best performance and the best part is that they're just getting started and we have a lot more to look forward to. Let's now talk about India's tale. Since the start of 2018, the opposition tail, this is batsmen ranging from positions 8 to 11, has scored 2,766 runs at an average of 15.19. Now, they have registered 650s against India. In contrast, India's batsmen between 8, 9, 10 and 11 have averaged just 13.53 in this period, scoring 1,814 runs in 33 games. The average is the 7th worst in the world. Tiredness by the Indian bowlers, I think, remains a major reason for the opposition tail faring so well against us. With the team not just having any part-timers, the onus often falls on this specialist bowler to bowl out the opposition. With no respite in between, but with consistent performances from the tail, the narrative is certainly changing. And we saw how Bumrah and Shami, these are your what, non-conventional batters, they still made such a joke of the English bowling and they actually delivered. 
Even at Trent Bridge, when you observe, the Indian tail showed how they can manage to hang on at the crease and deliver some good performances. At Lords, it managed to take the team from a potential match-losing position to a position of strength, from which India could have either managed to you know draw the match or win it. Bumrah's 28 in Nottingham was his best effort with the bat in Test cricket. He bettered that with that 34 at Lords. Coming to England, he just had 43 runs in this format. His improvement with the bat is not something that will regularly win India matches, but still, you know, it shows that we have potential down the order and it is a good sign. But there had to be a way in which he, along with his tail and the friends, had to add something to the total. For now, they might have not changed the narrative completely, but the progress has been immense and the hard yards that they're putting in the nets goes to show the kind of performances they're delivering. That 89-run stand between Shami and Bumrah could potentially allow India to think of going in with four seamers anywhere they play. The fact that India's two best batters among the ones who can bowl are spin bowlers is something to be happy and probably even worried at the same time. It should never be the case, but that just makes a case for how India is right now. And the team is so good that we have to pick a spinner who might not be as effective as a seamer on any pitch. This is just to ensure that, you know, our tail is wagging a little longer. But this effort with the bat and the ball shows the dynamics and how much has changed in the Indian cricket team. It is mostly about adapting. It is also about learning from your past mistakes and making up. Repeating the same mistakes is not an option because you know the critics are going to be behind you. It's about standing when your teammates like fail around you and it's making the most of the conditions and opportunities given given to you and making a match out of anything is something that's so important and most importantly it is always about winning and Kohli has re-emphasized this philosophy time and again and the performances have shown. Let's talk about England's problems. David Malan has been called up for the third test between England and India to be played at Leeds in Headingley and the test match starts tomorrow on August 25th. The move doesn't come off as a surprise, I mean, given the terrible run that Dom Sibley and Zach Crawley have had. It is incorrect to pin, you know, the whole blame of the batting failure on them. And in the recent times, it, it just becomes unfair to pin it on these young batters. But the middle order too hasn't been firing. The big question in front of the England coach Chris Silverwood and Joe Root is, is who is going to fill your positions of 1-2-3 in the test team? For Headingley, perhaps the answer lies in Haseeb Hamid, Rory Burns and David Malan. But even before the match has started, this top three doesn't look very convincing and it looks quite scary for them. Hamid looked extremely tentative at Lords and Burns has looked out of sorts. David Malan probably as an idea works for now, but whether in all practicality he can stand out or not is the big question. There are no stats at this moment which makes this English batting look good or, you know, convincing. And to sum up their batting struggles, you just need to observe what has been done by the top three. In test cricket, it is very important that your top three batsmen are scoring runs. You can't think about a single successful team that has had a struggling top three. I mean, for now, England seems far from having those answers. And it is remarkable how England has won so many test matches in the last five years with all these problems still persisting. 
it was inevitable that all of that illusion of having secured a top order just came crashing down at one point and it had to be in the summer that india toured it does bode well for india but england would have to look into this and find a solution at the earliest last but not the least let's talk about jorut right now some might be fooled by jorut's smile his easy demeanor thinking it might be a sign of weakness or nervousness or maybe even a lack of care arrogance right but that would just underestimate the english captain smiling his way through his innings was actually root's way of showing how strong he is he has had a strong year to date in jan he wanted to score more hundreds he admitted that his poor conversion rate had been an issue and he was determined to fix it which shows which reflects a lot about him he said that before but it felt more definitive this time he actually wanted to take action on that like he had had enough of this constant snipping about his failure and actually convert those good 50s into hundreds in tricky conditions against teams who are far better equipped than his to triumph root has you know single handedly managed to sweep england to victories and has actually proven what a Uh, commendable asset he is to the team for a number of reasons though i think this innings in nottingham was probably the best so far i mean he's putting a price on his wicket while it does spell concerns for the opposition for his team it's actually so crucial and given the general fragility and poor form of england's other batsmen you have uh, ben stokes and jofra archer who are not playing the caliber of the opposition and his own indifferent form root knew he was under pressure he had to perform in the series even more so during the winter and yet against one of the best attacks in the world he was facing up against a sizable first innings deficit in conditions that while perhaps not as helpful to the bowling on the first 3 days was certainly not easy to bat on but root stood tall once again in the first innings his half century saved the team from downright embarrassment but in the second he just didn't save england he actually gave them hope i mean while we talk about joe root we have to talk about jimmy anderson too he's had a delightful and masterful summer and he has made the ball talk he's made the tongues wag and he has added this combative edge to the series dusting up the old debate where you know bowlers should <laughs> bounce out the tail enders or not now the biggest gain from india's victory is i think the way they bullied england into submission and this is against a team that's playing in home conditions and has known to be successful and have dominated against you in the past and forcing the home team to carry the mental scars for the next 3 games is going to be very interesting because england has never been bullied like this on their own home pitch but how england would respond or maybe even retaliate and whether india would continue employing this tactic in the series will probably be an intriguing narrative either way it it has heated up what has traditionally been a lukewarm contest the concluding note i think it's worth noting how uh, the series is still not done india have been here in the same position before with that 1-0 lead and this time it could have well been 2-0 had rain not interfered on the final day at trent bridge in the series opener but after 10 days of weather and light interrupted cricket india's lead in the series feels almost a matter of fact it is not a plucky away performance or you know a position of superiority that feels fleeting at the moment it feels like the rightful place to be this team has put in the hard yards and it is for everyone to see 
and so this team now moves to leeds after an adding yet another glorious chapter to the famous book of test wins away from home and this is you know you have to know this coming from improbable situations knowing fully well that when the expectations are of a series victory right winning after all is a habit and this indian test team has developed a mighty good one at that with this we draw curtains on the episode that served as an analysis of the first two tests between england and india thank you so much for tuning in do check out at the rate never on the back foot on instagram and at the rate never on the back one on twitter for the latest facts trivia quizzes terminology and a lot more that's coming up this cricket season just for you the podcast is also available on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify anchor overcast to name a few and a lot of other platforms so please do spread the word and subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcasting service turn on the bell notification and receive the latest updates on when the episode releases do feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions for the already published episodes and recommendations for future topics do share this widely and your support is really appreciated see you next time listeners cheers stay safe and take care bye for now